Thank you. Good evening, friends. How's everyone doing tonight? It's good to be in the house of the Lord together with you. It's good to be in the presence of the Lord, pouring our hearts out, turning our faces to Jesus, just allowing the reality of who he is to overtake us afresh and anew. It's one of the things I appreciate about this house. It's a house of worship. It's a house of praise, a house of prayer. And I feel that when I'm in this room. There's just an electricity. There's a dynamic anointing of the Holy Spirit that's in this place. And that's been purchased by you. And I just want to say thank you for that. Thank you for purchasing oil in the house of New Life Friday night. Um, I'm going to jump right in tonight because I feel a real heaviness. I feel a real weight on uh, my time with you this evening. Uh, I have the opportunity to come and be with you at New Life Friday night numerous times. But I, I sense a greater fear of the Lord on my time with you tonight than I ever have before. I sense that God wants to do something very profound, that he wants to do something specific and something very significant tonight. And he just happens to use Nehemiah chapter 10 as a catalytic launching pad to mark our lives tonight. You know, there are moments in God that mark us forever. How many of you can think back to a moment that you had in God and it marked you, like it marked you. And it's a place that you constantly or continually go back to and you, you remember that visitation or you remember that encounter with God the summer between my junior and my senior year of high school. My youth pastor had written a song. It was a normal Wednesday night like any other Wednesday night, but he had written the song called I Want to Be Broken. And I'll never forget, I was on the front row of our little youth chapel and Back in our youth chapel, we had those old school wooden, they were like altars. And this is where in our Pentecostal church you would go to and you would lean down in a special time of worship or in a time of prayer, or you would lean down on there and the elders or the pastors would come and they would help you pray through and they would tarry with you or they would lay their hands on you. And all I know is that when Pastor Scott started singing the songs to this song, that, the, the words to this song that he had written, called I Want to Be Broken, I was just compelled to go and just throw myself on this wooden altar. And I began to weep convulsively. There was a breaking that was going on inside of me. God was crashing down the doors of my heart exterior, and he was chasing after my heart. He was awakening my heart to the reality of who he is, and he was asking me for some things that were really precious to me at the time. Little did I know that those things could never compare to the beauty and to the glory and to the power of who God is. And everything that God asked me for, I said yes to. I had a dream of playing college basketball. I would wake up early, 5 a.m. I'd practice before school. I'd go to school, I'd practice. We'd have after school practice. I would come home, eat dinner, I'd practice. My poor neighbors, I was bouncing that ball till about midnight every night of the week. That was my dream. And the Lord said, son, I want you to give me your basketball. And in that moment of beholding the beauty of God, I said, absolutely, God, it's yours. There are a couple other things that he asked me for. I laid on that wooden altar there for two hours, two hours, weeping the entire time. And I'm here to tell you tonight that when I got up from that, I was an entirely different young man. That was 28 years ago. And for 28 years of my life, I've now been chasing, I've been chasing after God. And what I feel in the spirit tonight is I'm carrying this assignment is that God wants to mark some of you tonight, that he wants to mark you, that some of you in the quiet places of your life, you've been picking up wood, 
You've been picking up wood. You've been picking up wood. And God is gonna drop some oil and he's gonna light a match to the wood that you've been picking up in the secret place of your time with him. And you're gonna burn for God for the rest of your lives. That you're gonna see this world for what it really is compared to the all-surpassing glory and the all-surpassing beauty, and you're gonna realize by the spirit of revelation that nothing, absolutely nothing, can compare to the majesty and the splendor and the beauty and the worth of Jesus. Like these songs that we sing about hailing the king, there is nothing on this planet that will satisfy the deepest longings of your heart. The thing that you were created for before you were ever put into your mother's womb, the thing that God dreamed about for you when he was dreaming about you in eternity. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to the book of Nehemiah chapter 10. I've been following along with Pastor Daniel's messages in this series. Pastor Rory did a phenomenal job last week preaching from Nehemiah chapter nine. And really when you read chapter eight, nine, and 10, they really should be read together because of what is happening in the people of Israel here in this section of Nehemiah. So let's read, if we would, beginning right here at verse 28. I'm gonna skip all the hard names. (laughs) And we're gonna just hit 28. We're gonna read through the rest of the chapter. And then my assignment here is really to be done within 15, 20 minutes max because I want us to go back into a place of worship so that we can participate what I think the assignment of the Lord is tonight for us to engage in a spirit of renewal of our vows to Jesus and rededicating and remarrying our hearts to the worthy one. So let's read. The rest of the people, priests, Levites, gatekeepers, musicians, temple servants, and all who separated themselves from the neighboring peoples for the sake of the law of God, together with their wives and all their sons and daughters who are able to understand. All of these now join their fellow Israelites, the nobles, And they bind themselves with a curse and an oath to follow the law of God given through Moses, the servant of God, and to obey carefully all of the commands, the regulations, and the decrees of the Lord our God. Verse 30, we promise not to give our daughters in marriage to the peoples around us or take their daughters for our sons. When the neighboring peoples bring merchandise or grain to sell on the Sabbath, we will not buy from them. We will not buy from them on the Sabbath or on any holy day. And every seventh year, we will forgo working the land and we will cancel all debts. We assume the responsibility for carrying out the commands to give a third of a shekel each year for the service of the house of our God, for the bread set out on the table, for the regular grain offerings and burnt offerings, for the offerings on the Sabbath, at the new moon feast and at the appointed festivals, for the holy offerings, for sin offerings, to make atonement for Israel and for all the duties of the house of our God. We, the priests, the Levites, and the people have cast lots to determine when each of our families is to bring to the house of our God at set times each year a contribution of wood to burn on the altar of the Lord our God as it is written in the law. The next several verses that follow up with this Talk about their commitment to give of their tithes, to give their first fruits, to give their firstborn children, to give their firstborn cows, and to give their firstborn animals. All of this as 
a picture of their devotion to the Lord. And then the last verse of chapter 10 ends, and it says this, we will not neglect the house of our God. We will not neglect the house of our God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Holy Spirit of the living God, we welcome you in this place. Holy Spirit of the living God, we ask that you would hover over every single one of us, that you would hover over our hearts, over our affections, that you would hover over our imagination. God, that you would break in and that you would interrupt our normal lives tonight. That you would capture us and that you would captivate us afresh and anew. Lord, for the person who might be in here for the very first time, checking things out, God, I pray that you would just invade them with glory. God, I pray that you would chase them down with a love that is unlike any other. Lord, for those of us who have been walking with you for decades, Lord, I ask God that we would get a fresh glimpse of this man, Christ Jesus, the one whose eyes burned like fire, the faithful witness, the darling of heaven, the beloved of the heart of God. Lord, I ask that you would open the eyes of our heart, that you would awaken our spirits afresh and anew tonight. And God, I pray that by the spirit of the living God that you would draw us and that we would renew our hearts of passion before you and that you would mark us for all of eternity. And I pray it tonight in Jesus' name, amen. If you're here with us tonight for the first time, we've been on a series in the book of Nehemiah, a fascinating book. We've been in this book now for several weeks. In fact, Pastor Daniel Grothy, the senior pastor here at New Life Friday Night, is gonna be closing out our series in Nehemiah next week. It's a beautiful story of a man who's captivated by the call of God. He ends up leaving the pace where he's at. He's in Persia. He travels thousands of miles away to go to his homeland, a home that he's never been to. He's heard stories. He's connected to the national identity of his people, the people of Israel, and he hears word that Israel, that Jerusalem is in ruins, and he is moved with the burden of God. He asks for favor from the king. The king grants it to him because the hand of the Lord is on him, and by the wisdom and by the power and by the anointing of God, Nehemiah goes back. He rallies a broken and disenfranchised people, and he puts their hands to work and they rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. And he does that in spite of great opposition, naturally and spiritually. Two weeks ago, Pastor Daniel talked about one of the first things that Nehemiah instituted after they had built the wall was they stood up a quarter of the day from 6 a.m. to noon, and they listened to the word of God. They stood under the preaching and the reading and the proclamation of the word, and that took them into Nehemiah chapter eight, or Nehemiah chapter nine, which Rory preached on last week, which moved the people to repentance. They heard the word, they responded to the word, and they were moved to repentance. And what we just read right here is, and again, you have to read this in a progression. They're hearing the word, they're receiving the word, they're tender to the word, they're sensitive to the way that they have not lived in alignment and in agreement with the word, they're repenting for the way that they and their forefathers have broken covenant with the word, and that takes us to chapter 10. And in chapter 10, they are renewing their vows before God. 
Let's look right here, if we would again, at verse 28. The rest of the people, priests, Levites, gatekeepers, musicians, temple servants, and all who separated themselves from the neighboring peoples for the sake of the law of God. In the spirit of renewal, in the spirit of rededication, it's very fascinating that you'll begin to find a theme beginning in chapter eight where the people are called to separate themselves from the neighboring communities that are around them. One of the beautiful things about what God was doing amongst the people of Israel is that he called them to be a people to be his very own, to be a distinguished people. Beginning with Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, moving on to his children and generations after, God says, I'm calling you out of the world and I'm gonna mark you with my love and you are gonna be a a special and a chosen people for the purposes of revealing my gospel and revealing my goodness to all of the nations of the world. They had forfeited that call and yet time and time and time again, God demonstrates compassion and he demonstrates his goodness and his patience and his love to the people of Israel. And so they respond right here and they say, God, we are renewing our vows to you. We are gonna separate ourselves from the entanglement of the wicked influences that we've gotten involved with. And I think it's interesting that when they move into this place of rededication, when they move into this place of renewal, one of the first things that they do is they identify how their hearts have been entangled in relationships that are pulling them away from God. I've been, involved, I've been in full-time vocational ministry now for 21 years of my life. And one of the things that I've noticed about the strategy of the enemy, I've noticed this. I've been a youth pastor for several years. I've been a college and career pastor. I've been a junior high pastor. I've taken college students out on mission trips all over the world. And I've seen that there's a spark of spiritual momentum that will begin in a person. And it's not just young people. I've seen it in adults as well. And it's almost as if, as soon as the enemy sees this movement towards God and this momentum towards the things of God, he just brings a relationship into their lives. A friendship, most of the time it's some type of romantic or sexual relationship. And I'm here to tell you tonight, man, I'm almost about batting a thousand, about 9.9 times out of 10. That person who gives themselves over to the counterfeit provision of the enemy in that relationship ends up not only losing that spiritual momentum, but a lot of times falling away from God completely. Seen it happen over and over again, which is so significant. If you look right here at the verse in Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 30, it says, we promise God, we promise not to give our daughters in marriage to the peoples around us or take their daughters for our sons. I was praying over this verse a couple of days ago. I thought it was so interesting that one of the first things that they say to God as they're renewing their vows as a national people, they say, God, number one, we're not gonna give our daughters away to marry people from other countries. And we're not gonna give our sons away to the daughters of other countries. In fact, one of the things that you'll find if you read, this is a spoiler alert, if you read to the end of the book, they actually end up doing that. In Nehemiah chapter 13, Nehemiah travels away back to Persia and then he comes back and he finds out that all of these promises that people made in the presence of God, they end up violating every single one of them. And in Nehemiah chapter 13, he actually addresses them and he says, listen, there are some of you that have married other women from other countries and now you have children, and he says this word for word, and they don't even understand the language 
of Judah. They don't even understand the language of the faith. They don't even understand the stories of covenant. They don't even understand the nuances of what I've done in the people of Israel. And why is that? They attribute it to this one thing. The affections of your children have been given over to the pagan gods of other countries. And so when they make this promise in Nehemiah chapter 10, here's what they're saying. They're saying essentially, God, we consecrate our affections back to you. Nehemiah actually goes on in Nehemiah chapter 13 and he reminds them about a king in their history, a man by the name of Solomon. Anybody know who Solomon is? Solomon was a man that was loved by God. In fact, Nehemiah says that. He says three things about Nehemiah. He was loved by God, he was chosen by God, and there was no other king on the planet like Solomon. And yet, even though he was loved by God, chosen by God, he had a wisdom that was immaculate beyond his years. The affections of his heart were given over to foreign women, and he was caused to sin. His heart had fallen from God because he had given the precious affections of his heart to foreign women. And here's the point for us tonight. What holds the affections of your heart? What has captured the gaze of your spiritual eye? What matters to you more than locking eyes with Jesus? Is it that new Netflix show? Listen, I love Netflix shows. I'm all about them. But I have to be really careful, man. When I, when I begin to get more excited about another season of a show than I am about locking eyes with the God of eternity, something's wrong. When I get more excited about getting a post or getting a comment or getting a like or getting an emoji than I am about getting revelation from the Spirit of God or about my heart burning on fire well, by encountering the living God, something is wrong. And what the people of Israel are being forced to do, they're being forced to take inventory in the presence of God. Where are our affections? Because everything flows out of the affections of our heart. God is not a legal God. Everything that God has given to the people of Israel to follow, he expected them and he desired them to follow with affectionate, passionate hearts. If God can get the passion of our heart, he knows that he'll get behaviors and he'll get actions that follow. Friends, he's after your heart tonight. He's a living God. He's a passionate God. He's a jealous God. He's a holy God. And he's after the, the affections of your very being. He's after your guts. He's after your guts. He's after the thing that makes you come alive. Several weeks ago, I stood in a room up there at TCA North. I was up there with my son. It was, a it, was, it was basically a kind of an info meeting for junior high students that were interested in playing football. And I felt this inkling inside of me, man, I want to spend more time with my son and I want to be involved in the things that he's involved with and, and maybe helping to coach would help with that. And little did I know, man, that me and my son, we had the time of our lives, but something was lit. There was a fire that was lit on the inside of me. I was like, God, I feel like, I feel like I'm doing one of the things that you've called me to do. Like, I feel like one of the things that you dreamed about for me before I was put in my mother's womb was helping to raise up seventh grade O-linemen. It was just crazy. <laughs> like, like, I was just on fire for this. 
And that's the kind of stuff that God is after. God, God wants to release passion inside of you by capturing your passion for him first. In fact, so many of us are chasing after the pleasures and the passions of this world because we've never experienced the true pleasure and the passion that come from experiencing the reality of the fullness of God. And here's what I wanna tell you tonight, that when you experience pleasure in God, that when you experience a pleasure that is unlike any other pleasure this world has to offer, it actually allows you to enjoy the pleasures of this world to their fullest. It allows you to enjoy the pleasures of this world in a way that's guiltless, in a way that's clean, in a way that's holy. Let me skip over here if I, I just wanna take five minutes here. Go with me to Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 34. Thanks for coming up here, Kyle and Lauren. This is perfect. I was struck, I was captured by this phrase in Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 34. It says, we the priests, the Levites and the people, we have cast lots to determine when each of our families is to bring to the house of our God at set times each year a contribution of wood to burn on the altar of the Lord our God. I was struck by this phrase that families were called to bring wood to set on the altar. I just began chewing on that, thinking about it, praying on it, meditating over it. God, show me the insight. Show me the revelation. What does this mean? And the more I chewed on it, the more I began to realize that in that day, the relational infrastructure, the relational dynamic between God and his people was a relationship that was built on sacrifice. And here, here's, here's what the Lord showed me. That without the presence of God, that no matter what the people of God did, without the presence of God, it didn't matter. Like the presence of God is what distinguished the people of Israel as his very own. The presence of God is what distinguishes us as a people that are unlike the world, as a peculiar people, a consecrated people, a people that are different, a people that carry something that is otherworldly, a people that can access the realm of heaven and bring it into the realm of the earth. It's the presence of God. But you can only have the presence of God with an offering. And you can only have an offering with an altar. And you can only have an altar if you have wood to put on it. Because once you put wood on the altar, God sets fire to that wood. There's no presence of God. There's no distinction. There's no distinction unless we have the glory of God invade our lives. The presence of God comes by way of offering. Offering requires fire, and fire requires wood. And here's what the people of Nehemiah came to a revelation of. Every single one of us in this community, we hold a responsibility to go and to gather wood. And at set times throughout the year, we're gonna bring that wood to the, to the altar of God. And God's gonna take that wood and he's gonna set fire to that wood. And then he's gonna place living offerings on the fire on top of that altar. And it's gonna create an incense and aroma that goes up before God. And his glory is gonna come down and the pre his presence is gonna come down. Friends, every single one of us in our own way 
every time you turn to God, regardless of what your spiritual discipline may be, maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's five hours, every time you open that word, you know what you're doing? You're grabbing wood. You're picking up wood. Every time you lift your eyes to heaven when you wanna slander your neighbor, you're picking up wood. Every time you choose on a, on a Friday night when you're exhausted and you choose to drag your tired bones into this room and worship God and love one another and come to the table of God, you're picking up wood. You're picking up wood. And here's what God promised to do. If you will bring the wood, I will bring the fire. If you will bring the wood, I will bring the fire. You know, my kids and I, we love to camp. Several months ago, we went up, and it's just, it's, it's like clockwork, man. I pull up to the campsite, I begin pulling everything out, and my boys, they immediately, they immediately, they wanna start a fire. I'm saying, boys, we can't start a fire until we pick up wood. I said, so here's what we're gonna do for the next hour because the sun's about to go down. Daddy's gonna put the tent up. I'm gonna get everything set up. But for the next hour, I need you three boys to scour this place and I need you to pick up small twigs, medium sticks, and thick logs. Small twigs, medium sticks, thick logs. Small twigs, medium sticks, and thick logs. And that's what they do, man, for an hour. And they're just dropping it, piles, piles, piles. I'm like, guys, we're not gonna have a fire that's gonna last us through the night unless we have small twigs, medium sticks, and big logs. And so they did just drop them down right there. And then, man, I'm telling you, we set these things up. If you'll bring the wood, daddy will bring the fire. We arrange that stuff. We create our little teepees. And I set fire to that. And I'm here to tell you tonight, man, some of you, you've been gathering wood in the secret place, in the quiet places of your life. And God has made a promise to you I'm gonna set fire to that wood that you have been accumulating. Here's what I'm just, I'm carrying this in my spirit tonight. I feel like God wants to do this for some of us. I feel like God is calling you to marry yourself again to the secret place of God. I feel like God is calling some of you to stay a little bit longer, to become reacquainted with the beauty of who Jesus is. He's not upset, he's not angry, he's not folding his arms saying, wait, why can't you just get, get this together? He's saying, come encounter me again, encounter me again. Let me awaken your heart with wonder again. Let me put fire that burns in your spirit again. Let me put a passion inside of you for me that will carry you for the rest of your lives. Friends, would you stand with me to your feet tonight? I wanna pray over you. I wanna launch us into the next 15 to 20 minutes. This is gonna take us right to the table and every single one of us, we're gonna have a vows renewal ceremony with the Lord tonight where we're gonna say, God, I'm yours again. Holy Spirit of God, I pray tonight that you will cause fire to fall down on the wood of our devotion. Lord, we're here tonight because we want to meet with the living God. We're here tonight because we're hungry for an encounter with the burning one. We're here tonight because the Spirit of God has drawn us and we have said yes to your Spirit. And I'm asking tonight that you would invade, that you would break through, that you would pierce and you would penetrate every hard exterior, every calloused heart, 
God, that you would pierce despair, God, that you would break through calloused religion and that you would awaken us again with a fresh love, first love, passion for this man, Christ Jesus. God, we renew ourselves to you like the people of Israel did in Nehemiah chapter 10. We consecrate our affections to you. We consecrate our heart to you. We consecrate our allegiance to you. We consecrate our devotion to you. We say yes to you again. And I'm asking right now that the oil and the fire, that the oil and the fire, that the oil and the fire of the presence of God would fall down on us tonight. Come on, church, let's sing this. Oh, we lift our hands and we sing.
Jesus there is absolutely no one or no thing 
this world has to offer that remotely compares to you. These aren't just words, God. These are the, these are the inner longings of our heart. This is eternity within us crying out to eternity within you, God. We long to know you. We long to know you, God. We long to be in the bosom of the Father like Jesus was in the bosom of the Father. We long for intimacy with you, God. We long to know who we are in you, in you, God. We long to know you. We treasure your voice. Your voice is the most important thing in our lives, God. It's more important than any email. It's more important than anything that we can think or imagine in this world, God, your voice, your voice, your acceptance, your approval, your pleasure. God, it means more to us than anything. It's more than a promotion, God. It's more than our status. It's, it's more than wealth. God, your approval means everything to us. We love you, we desire you, God. Lord, stoke the fires of our passion for you. We marry ourselves to you again. As we were worshiping, I, I just felt this drop in my spirit that some of us were a little nervous tonight about making promises to God because you've looked back over the track record of promises that you've made. <coughs> And the enemy is trying to use broken promises to keep you from making promises with God. And I'm just here to tell you tonight, that's just not how it works. Promises with God shape the trajectory of your heart. The people of Israel here made promises that they could never keep. But every promise that you make in God, it is a promise that his spirit is welling up inside of you. And no promise that we make towards God can ever be fulfilled without the grace of God and the power of his spirit. So when you say, God, I give you my life, I give you my purity, I promise to follow you, I promise to pick up wood. If you'll put fire on the altar of my body, God, I promise I'll put wood on it every day of my life. Fulfill this by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me show, let me just read a couple of verses to you. I didn't even know these verses exist because I never read the book of, Le of Leviticus. And then I got convicted for not reading the book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter, just listen to this. Let me read this over you. Leviticus chapter six, verse eight. The Lord said to Moses, give Aaron and his sons this command. These are the regulations for the burnt offering. The burnt offering is to remain on the altar throughout the night. There are some things that God can't accomplish in your life if you keep pulling yourself off the altar, right? Climb up on the altar as a living sacrifice of God and say, God, I'm yours until you're done with me. I'm not taking myself off the altar. Do a deep work in my life. Keep the, keep the offering on the altar through the night. And listen, listen, listen. And the fire must be kept burning on the altar. The fire on the altar, verse 12, must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offering on it. The fire must be kept burning continuously. It must not 
go out. Listen, if you'll bring your life, if you'll bring your wood, if you will bring your small steps of devotion, God will put a fire of holiness and purity and passion and longing. God will visit you. God will meet with you. He'll share his secrets with you. He'll share his heart with you. God, I'm gonna bring the wood. Friends, make promises in these holy spaces. You know, that promise I made on that old Pentecostal wooden pew, God is still making good. I said, God, I will give you my life if you will give me a burning passion for you. I said this as a 16-year-old boy, if you will give me a burning passion for you all the days of my life, I will give you my life, and he's still doing it. He's faithful to do it. It doesn't mean that there weren't seasons in my life that were dry. It doesn't mean that I'm flawless. It just means that the trajectory and the true north of my heart is towards this man, Christ Jesus. And nothing else in this world matters. Not my children, not my wife. He is the treasure of my life. I turned 45 a week ago and I felt the Lord knock on the door of my heart and say, son, will you give me your 40s? Will you give me your 40s? And I said, yes, God, I'll give you my 40s. I don't know what that means and I don't care what it means, but you can have every second of every moment. You can, you, can, you can tell me to never go to a movie theater again. You can tell me to lay down sports. I'll sell my golf clubs. God, you can tell me to cancel all of the subscriptions, and Hulu and Disney and now I don't care, God. You can have my 40s. And here's what I know is gonna happen. I'm gonna turn 50 and God's gonna knock on the door of my heart and he's gonna say, son, will you give me your 50s? And I'm gonna say, yes, God, you can have my 50s and you can have my 60s because when I'm 80 and I'm 90, I wanna be burning for God. I wanna be burning for God. And this is a house that God wants to put his fire on. If you'll bring the wood and if you'll bring the offering, God will bring the fire and he will put a holy hunger and a holy desire for the things of God that you could never ever conjure up on your own. There have been people that I've met, professors at seminary, that when they would hug me and they would walk away, the residue of the fire of God, like my insides would burn. Do you remember Luke 24 when those disciples, when Jesus left their presence and they said this, did not our hearts burn within us? He was just talking without us. He was just opening the scriptures and something was burning inside of us. I want that. I want that. I want you to want that. I want you to want a fire that's inside of you that when you're having normal conversations, people walk away and say, it was not my heart burning with the presence of God just with one interaction with that person. Friend, would you take, would you take the bread and the cup this, this evening? I can't think of a better way to end this by saying, Jesus, we say yes to the covenant that you established with us. And here's the beautiful thing about this whole enterprise. He brought the wood, it's called the cross. He brought the offering. It's called the spotless lamb of God. And then he dropped the fire of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Wood and offering brings fire. And on the day of Pentecost, he released a fire to the church that is gonna burn until Christ returns. 
Would you hold that bread in your hand? Jesus, tonight, we say yes to you. We say yes to you. We say yes to you. There's nothing that I own that is more precious than you. You can have it all. Because God, you gave the darling of heaven. You gave your best that for the joy set before you, you endured the cross so that you could have intimacy with a company of sons and daughters that burn for you. So God, tonight, we say yes. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes. You can have our devotion. We make promises to you. We're gonna live for you by the power of your spirit. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. Friends, just break that in your hands as a picture of the body of Christ broken for you. And he says, this is my body. Take and eat. Let us receive the body of Christ. Oh God, thank you that you, you gave us your very best, oh God, withholding nothing. And then in the same manner, Jesus took the cup and he says, this is the cup of the new covenant. The blood of God shed so that everything that has ever held you back from him would be obliterated. There's no excuse anymore. Shame and guilt and condemnation and distraction have all been removed in one solitary universal cosmological act that when God hung himself, suspended between heaven and earth, he removed anything that would ever keep you or I from him. So tonight, friends, your sins are forgiven. Let us receive the blood of Christ. Uh, I just felt tonight that there was sacred, holy work that God wanted to do in this space. And Brett, you can come on up. I know you want to close the service out, but friends, let me just, let me just lock eyes with you right now. One of these days, we're going to stand before him. This isn't height. This isn't pep rally. You're going to stand before him. And you're gonna discover in that moment, as every single moment of your life flashes before you, and you're gonna realize in that one moment of eternity, he was worth it all. There is no amount, there is nothing, there is no minute that you ever invest into eternity that is a wasted minute. It's never wasted. When you pour your tears out on the feet of the worthy one, they are not wasted tears. Every moment that you gather together in this place, none of it's ever wasted. When you wash the feet of the saints, when you give a cup of cold water, when you pray in the secret place of your closet, when nobody else knows, I'm here to tell you today, I promise you with my life, it's not wasted time. You're gonna look at, you're gonna look in the depths of his eyes and you're gonna say, I wish I would have done more because you are worth it. You are worth it all. So I pray tonight that a fire and a flicker and a flame drop on the wood and the oil that is on the altar of your heart. And guys, I pray that you run through this open door and that you run after God with every fiber of your being empowered by the grace of God and the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jade. Friends, let's open our hands if you feel comfortable doing so. We're going to have a team of people down here that would love to agree with you and pray and pray with you. I pray that the Lord bless you, my friends.
and that he keep you. That he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord who did not stay aloof or distant from us, but the fire that became flesh, may he warm your spirit, dry out your bone-drenched soul that's just shivering and cold. May dry you out. And may he grant you peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. We're so glad you worshiped with us this evening. There'll be a team down here and we'd love to meet you at Guest Central. We've got a gift for you. And remember next week, don't freak out when you see the parking lot. Just come park over here on the east side of the building and we'll all be just fine. Grace and peace to you guys. Much love.